I used to be a hopeless romantic. The idea of love just did something to me. It still does. I'm just no longer hopeless. On today's podcast, again, I'm going to dive into my own shit, my own relationship with love, those who I have loved and possibly those who have loved me, what I've learned from it, what I'm still learning from it, and hopefully something you can learn from it. So this podcast goes out to all the boys I've loved before. Tonight, I am sipping on Jack Daniels Winter Jack. Um, If you caught me last season, you've heard me speaking about this particular Jack Daniels. It is a seasonal Jack that comes out around the holidays, which is perfect because it is a Tennessee Spiked Cider, an apple cider liqueur and Jack Daniels mixed together. It is perfect for the holiday season, get you in the mood, feeling all jolly and shit. (laughs) Put this in a mug. You can put a little peppermint in it like you would do your apple cider. It's perfect for a little after dinner sip with the family or during the holidays. Um, It's really good. If you like apple cider or spiked cider, um, then this is the jack for you. All right. Jack Daniels Winter Jack Tennessee Cider. And as always, let's get into it. Toxic. Make love. Sip whiskey. Toxic. Make love. So let's talk love. I think when I was younger, no one know that when I was younger, my definition of what love was, romantic love is what we're speaking, guys. My definition of romantic love was something completely different than what it is today. I think that this is probably true for any grown person who has been in any type of romantic relationships um, before. Your definition of love changes. What you need from someone that you're in love with changes. What you give to someone you are in love with changes. And not only changes because you mature and you get older, but it changes because of the person that you were with, in my opinion. That has been my experience anyway. When I was young, I had, of course, this Disney, Pixar, um, romance idea of love in my head because that's what you receive when you're younger. You get told the fairy tales, especially as a woman, as a young girl, 
you get told the fairy tales of Snow White and Cinderella and all of them have a princess and find my prince charming, my captain save a whole theme, right? <laughs> because for whatever reason in Western society, that is was accepted and that is people's idea of what to tell their young daughters love is. At some point, you're going to fall head over heels with a man. You not you won't know when and you don't won't know where. Um, I can't even tell you how you will know you're in love, but you just will. You'll just know. At some moment, the stars and the moon and the sun will align and you'll bam be instantly in love, right? That's what we're told. We learn that from television, we learn that from movies, we learn that from novels, we learn that from our parents, from people that's telling us what love is. But at what point do we start developing our own sense of what love is for us? Because I believe love is personal. Love is different for every person. Every person isn't going to have the same definition of love. You might be able to relate to someone else's idea of love. You may be compatible to someone else's idea of love. But I think love is so very personal. And true love, really loving someone, is something that starts from within you. Right. And it sounds corny as shit and probably sounds like some type of poster um, on somebody's wall for self-care. <laughs> but it's, it's really true. Like you can't really, truly and fully love someone else if you don't love yourself or at least know how to love yourself. Because your first love honestly should always be yourself right? We don't always have that luxury because especially when we're growing up, we have our insecurities and kids are horrible and would check the shit out of you, especially in Memphis, um, and make you feel like shit. So you have all these insecurities and you don't always love yourself, right? But you have to have some type of good self-esteem and be truly grounded in order to really know what you want from someone that you love. See, we're so stuck on this romantic notion, fairy tale idea of love that is just this blissful feeling. And for me, love is so much more than just a feeling. Love now that I am grown and in a healthy loving relationship, I see that it is so much more than just romantic notions. It's so much more than him whispering sweet nothings in my ear and holding my hand and telling me I'm beautiful and providing for me. See, all this sounds very selfish, right? But a lot of women, that's what love is for them because that's what society tells them that it is. That love means that a man is taking care of you or your partner is supplying some type of need for you. And that's all fine and great if that's what you need in order to feel love. But to me, the most pure form of love is selfless love, right? Is when you unconditionally love someone and give your heart to someone expecting nothing in return. 
you can be hopelessly and fully and truly in love with someone that don't give a fuck about you, (laughs) don't know you exist, or, you know, just simply doesn't feel the same way about you. But we should learn from each love that we have in our life. We should learn something from the heartaches, the heartbreaks, and even the ones that we cause heartache and heartbreak in. A piece of each one of our loves, I think, stays with us and should stay with us because that's a lesson learned. That's something that we can carry, a good thing, not baggage, that we can carry into our next relationship and learn from, right? At the same time, we should always remember what I was saying in the beginning, that love is individual. Love is personal. So the way that you love someone before may not be the way that this person needs to be loved. People have love languages. So you need to figure out first and foremost what your love language is. How do you like to be loved? Is your love language affection? Do you like Meaning, do you like to be touched and, and, and groped and told that you are beautiful and complimented and th- things of that nature? Do you like physical affirmations, right? Is your love language being provided for? Is your love language um, a service? Meaning, do you receive love by people showing it to you by cleaning the fucking dishes or (laughs) cleaning the house or making sure that you're safe, right? People have different love languages and you need to know personally what your love language is and what's the love language of the person that you're in a relationship with. But that's a whole nother topic uh, that we might dive into next season. So... All of this to say, and all of this to get to the boys that I have loved before. So if I break it down, and I'm 100% honest with you guys, as I always try to be, I have been in love a grand total of four times. Now that may seem crazy. I'm 37. Well, I'm 36. So let me say 37. I ain't 37 yet. I ain't 37 until April. <laughs> But I'm 36 years old, and as much talking as I do, I've only been in love four times, and I'm actually going to claim that I was in love. And I was really trying to sit down and think and say, hey, did I tell other people that I loved them outside of these four people? And I really don't think that I did, because I try not to say that to people that I don't mean it, at least not at the time. And that's something else. Sometimes we feel we're in love and we might be at the time and then realize that that wasn't really love or that wasn't the love that was good for you or whatever. So we're going to dive into all the boys I've loved before, the four guys that I've told I love you to, who, what type of relationship they were, what I learned from them and more right after this. Ladies, if you need to get those natural curls done, guys, if you need your locks on point, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to head on over to a natural affair beauty lounge here in Memphis, Tennessee, 2869 Poplar Avenue. They will hook you up no matter the style. You need education on how to maintain a healthy 
hair care regimen, they got you. You need an install of sister locks, they got you. You need extensions to enhance your already beautiful natural curls, they got you. Be sure to head on over and holler at my girl, Takesha Berry Brooks at a Natural Affair Beauty Lounge. Again, that's at 2869 Poplar Avenue. Be sure to look them up and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and at their website, anaturalaffair.com. So my four loves, let's just dive straight into it, shall we? So my first love, y'all have heard me talk about him a lot, actually, throughout this podcast, Um, this season and last season. Not because there's some type of crazy obsession with him still. (laughs) He's cool. We're cool. Um, It's just not like that. But because I've learned a lot from that situation. And um, yeah, so I talk about it a lot because it was my introduction to what I thought love was and who I thought I loved, right? And the type of love that I thought that I wanted and what I thought that looked like. And I keep saying thought because while you're in it, you're you're in it, right? You're not objective. You don't recognize um, red flags. You don't recognize what's not working for you. You make everything work for you because you feel like you're in this fairy tale love phase. And what's funny about this is, is that my first love is also an unrequited love. Meaning, that man didn't love me. (laughs) He did not love me back. I was in love all by my damn self. And that is so hard for people, I think, to admit because it can be embarrassing. Um, It can make you seem foolish at times. But you know what? We learn from those moments and we grow and we move on. I was in love with somebody from the time I was 12 until I was probably, what, about 23, 24 years old. Yes, dating and in the current relationship that I am in, he knows it. So you can't go snitching on me when he already know what he know, right? So I was in love with this person or thought I was, quote, in love with this person, even through my marriage, through my divorce, through all of this. This was my one constant that I thought whom I thought I was in love with. And in some ways, I was. He was the first one that made me feel like I wanted to be in love. What I was talking about earlier, that fairy tale heart skips of beat, especially when you're in middle school, like you're 12. Maybe when I first met him, I might have been like 11 even, 11, 12, 6th grade, saw him standing on a ladder and it was over. My little feisty self was smitten, didn't want to tell nobody, wouldn't admit that to him, but (laughs) instantly smitten. And it just became a big, huge ordeal as we grew older, middle school, high school, afterwards, real life, grown people situation. But like I was saying, it was an unrequited love, meaning I was crazy in love with this man and he was nowhere near crazy in love with me. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow. I didn't realize that, honestly, until I got older. 
Um, I knew it deep down probably, but didn't want to admit it to myself because I don't fail, right? I'm Leah. Leah doesn't fail, especially when it comes to relationships and love. I've never been broken up with, but you mean somebody don't love me. I can't admit that to myself. <laughs> That's like admitting that, you know, somebody broke up with me or or I failed in that department and that's just not what I do. But yeah, that's what happened. I was crazy in love with him. Um, to this day, I honestly don't know what his intentions were or how he felt about me for the most part. Something had to be there in order for us to keep this crazy attraction, this crazy um, back and forth relationship going for as many years as we did. The crazy part about it is we were never boyfriend, girlfriend. We're never boyfriend, girlfriend was never in an actual quote unquote relationship. It was this weird dynamic back and forth. Um, like I said, he was a constant anytime that, I don't know. I wanted him or needed him or whatever. I could reach out and it was a given um, and vice versa. Even though looking back on it, he didn't reach out that much. It was always, <laughs> it was always me. And it sounds so foolish now because you like you played yourself. But I don't know if I did. I never got real closure from that situation because we never talked about it as grown people. Like, or now, what happened? Like, what was this? Did you love me? Because I loved him. And I don't know if he knows that he should know it, but whatever. If you're listening now, you know. So, hey. <laughs> anyway, unrequited love. What I learned from this love was, number one, I didn't know shit about love. <laughs> number two, I was prideful. And didn't want to give up on something that I knew was a lost cause. Number three, I allowed other people to get in my head and define what love was for me and what that looked like. Because for my parents, he was like the ideal guy. And his parents and my parents got together and kind of like pushed us together. Um, or wanted us to be together, even though we never really officially were. So... Don't let other people outside forces, no matter who they are, dictate your love and what love looks like to you. Um, I don't know what number I'm on, but I, what I also <laughs> learned um, through this love is that I didn't know what love looked like and what I wanted out of love. Meaning, I didn't have any parameters. Like, what did it look like? What did showing love, what was my love language? What was showing me love? Because at the time, I just thought that it was just based on how I felt about somebody else. It, it had nothing to do with um, reciprocity, right? I was so unconcerned about if he treated me the way that I thought I wanted to be treated. I was so unconcerned about how available he was for me as opposed to how available I was for him. I wasn't really concerned about that because in my mind, I was in love with this person and there was nothing anyone could tell me about it. It just was what it was. So that was actually my first love and the most tragic <laughs> in some ways to be completely and utterly in love with someone for like 12 years and, and not be reciprocated and you really don't know what to do about it. And then just one day really realizing, oh, damn. 
fucked that up for 12 years. <laughs> what was I thinking? Anyway, <clears throat> so that's love number one. Love number two, I call trauma love. Y'all out there know and understand. I call this trauma love. And this is quite possibly maybe should be called my first love, but I don't call it my first love because he's not the first one that I told I love you to and meant it. Um, so this love was developed in high school. It was a little bit more mature, I guess you can say, if you can call high school love mature. Um, and during the time I meant it, like I really did love him, even though I still had these whatever feelings for my first love in the back of my mind, which also raises another flag. Can you be in love with two people at the same time? Can you love more than one person and truly and honestly, like it selflessly love these people. We'll talk about that later. So anyway, so number two, my trauma love. And I call it trauma love because, oh my goodness, this one put me through so much shit. This was my nature, nurturing side. Um, he would be someone that people would consider or would not put me with whatsoever. Nobody put us together. Um, because he was out here in these streets, right? Typical quote, people thought I was a good girl, made great grades, you know, was doing everything right. And he was this quote, semi-thug-ish type of guy, right? Traditional bad boy syndrome, I guess you can say. Um, and in my mind, I was like, oh, but people don't know him like I know him. He's not really that bad. He's not really the person that everybody thinks he is. And I could change him. And <laughs> you know how we do. I can make him into the person that I want him to be. He has such great potential. And I was always attracted to people that were older than me. He's older than me. Um, and this was just complicated. It was very complicated for a high school relationship. Um, if you haven't read my book, another shameless plug, go and check out Through the Ashes by Leah Lynette on, um, Amazon and Kindle and check that out. Cause he is a character named Marcus in my book and you'll get so much insight into this trauma relationship. Anyway, I digress. So this one was like... I just say it was a drug dealer, um, a big one, a good one. And I had no idea. I was so naive. I actually should probably change this one from trauma love to naive love because I was so enthralled with the idea of having this like boyfriend that was so unexpected and so opposite of me and so not what people would think would be who I wanted. And I'm always the rebel at heart, right? Always got to rebel against shit and do the complete opposite. And that has always gotten me in trouble in life. <laughs> Still does. Um, But yeah, so it wasn't necessarily the most romantic or the best relationship. It had its highs and lows. This relationship can also be called the bipolar relationship because when it was good, it was good. And when it was bad, it was bad. Bad as in forms of abuse, bad as in um, talk to any kind of way, sort of, kind of. Um, it just was a really traumatic relationship, y'all. Like, without trying to give it all away and start naming names and getting into great detail. But 
Um, it wasn't a healthy relationship. And he was playing me. I knew it um, to an extent and accepted it and went on about life. Um, what did I learn from this relationship? I don't know what we're going to call this one. I called it trauma love, but we're going to call it um, bipolar love. <laughs> what did I learn from this? Number one, I learned that I was too giving in relationships. And I say that because I expected people to be the same person that I am. Leah, what do you mean by that? When I am in love with you or profess my love for you, I am with you. Like, I am that ride or die. I don't just say that because it sounds good or it sounds cool. That's just facts. When I am with you, I am with you. And I will ride hard for you. And I instantly give that to you. And that is a fucking no-no. Unfortunately, people don't always deserve that. And you shouldn't give somebody that level of respect and that level of loyalty and love um, until they show that they deserve it, that they're worthy of it, right? So I learned that about myself, that I was too giving up front, that I gave too much up front. I also learned something positive, that I was really strong, you know? I learned that I was stronger and more resilient than I thought because this particular person, this particular boyfriend, like, hurt me in a lot of different types of ways physically emotionally mentally um hurt and I learned that I was resilient as fuck and could take all of that and then keep my head up high um and then move on with my life without it destroying me right I was also raped during this time and period in my life so there was like a lot going on during this particular period and that's why I think I called it trauma love because it was so much it was just so much going on um during this time but I learned that I was strong I learned that I was resilient and I learned that I had what it took to pick my shit up pick myself up and move on um and not fall apart Right. I also learned what I did not want in a man. <laughs> I learned that um, being with someone for the sake of being with someone is not a good idea. Because let's face it, up until this point, well, hell, my whole life, let's just be real. I have always had a boyfriend, always had a man, always had somebody on the side, two or three somebody's waiting in line. It just is what it is. Not to try to be boastful or to boost my own head or say I'm all that because I've never thought that in my life, but that's just how it's been. And it's been that way because of me, because that's what I wanted. Um, I don't like the idea of being alone. Um, I like the idea of having someone with me, having some type of romantic connection to somebody. I love the idea of being in love. And this really pointed and highlighted that out to me because I dealt with shit that wasn't really love and I romanticized it, right? Let me just give y'all some examples. So we would get shot at, <laughs> literally get shot at driving down the expressway, um, brush it off. This man used to wear rubber bands all up and down his arm. I used to pop him with it. Didn't know what that was until T.I. came out with the song Rubber Band Man. He had a triple beam that he had in his car. And I was like, oh, he must really like science. 
Oh, geez. This man had like four cars in the high school, had an apartment. Um, I would get whatever I wanted, right? Another lesson that I learned from this relationship is that people that know that you love them will use you. And they will test you and see what your limits are. And guys in particular will use stuff, will use material things to try and control you or to try and keep you in a certain lane or keep you unaware of what's going on. I'm not a materialistic person at all. And this may be even more so not a materialistic person because I equate buying gifts and giving me things just because just like giving me stuff. It, it's hard for me to accept that because in the past when people just gave me stuff, it was never out of the goodness of their heart. It was never because that's what they wanted to do. It was to cover up something else. It was a distraction. So I also learned that from um, this relationship. So that's relationship number two. We're going to call it naive love. So we have unrequited love and naive love. So relationship number three, the third person that I actually was in love with and told, I love you too. This one can have many many names too. This is actually my ex-husband. I met him towards the end of the bipolar and naive love, right? Um, that's where I fucked up (laughs) because when you're in one traumatic episode, one traumatic relationship, the next person looks good. It doesn't matter who it is. As long as they're not doing to you what that person's doing to you, they look wonderful, right? The grass looks green as hell on the other side. So you jump the fence and it's like, oh, he's not hitting me. Oh, he's not abusive. Oh, he's not selling drugs. So, you know, he's great. Yep. Let's do it. It was this Captain save a whole mentality, right? What they tell you in fairy tales. Your Prince Charming is going to show up and take you away from whatever this bad situation it was. So I should call this fairy tale love because that's kind of what it was. That's how it started off anyway. It started off with him not being who I was with. And, and, and honestly, that was all it took. You just not who I'm with. And that was appealing. You were saying all the right things, buying me flowers every day. You tried real, real hard. Try hard, love. You tried real, real hard to get me, right? Not that you tried hard to keep me, but you tried really, really hard to get me. (laughs) And again, I was showered with flowers and showered with things. And um, yeah, I let that get me. I was a sucker. Um, And then we bonded over trauma. And I think that this happens a lot to people who have been in some type of abusive relationship or to people who have gone through traumatic things in their life. They tend to bond with another person who has their own trauma. And that's not necessarily a good thing, especially if you all are both fresh in a trauma or even one of you are fresh in a trauma. Um, bonding over such negative things seems like a good idea at first, but it, in my exp- experience and opinion, it never ends well. And you all know the story of me and my ex-husband and how that eventually went down, but what you don't know is his backstory. 
And by nature, I am very nurturing. I have a tendency to think that I can be the caretaker to any damn body, that I can nurture them into being a good person, that I can nurture them into forgetting all the negative things and the trauma that they had in their life. That's just me. Like I genuinely enjoy and want to help people, especially people that I consider loves of my life, right? So... His backstory basically is that he comes from an abusive family, an abusive relationship specifically with his father. His father abused his mother physically, um, and he physically abused him and his brothers, like fighting them, breaking bones and all kinds of stuff. And the most sad and traumatic thing that I heard him tell me was the instance that he knew. It was one story that he knew or one time that he knew that his is the best and the worst memory, I should say, of his father. And it was one time he was drunk, mad, picked him up, threw him across the room, broke his leg, and he yelled out in pain. And in that moment, his father sobered up quickly, picked him up, held him, and took him to the hospital. And I was always perplexed, why is this the best memory? I can understand why it's the worst memory, but he said it's the best memory because it's the only time that he can remember his father holding him and showing some type of compassion for him. So this is the mentality that I'm dealing with, right? (laughs) Like, I must be abusive. It's like the Sour Patch commercials, the candy. First they're sour, then they're sweet. It's kind of like that. And that describes his whole mentality. It's like, I can be abusive. I can say all these things and I can do all these things that are hurtful to you. But as long as I show some type of compassion or so some type of sweetness after the fact, then everything is okay. So that's that caretaker trauma bond um, that I had. He also has some type of Oh, Lord, some type of abandonment issue because his mother left him with his, um, you know, his father and then his father left him for another family and left him in the care of his grandmother, who was schizophrenic. So like it was a lot of issues, y'all. That man has a lot of issues going on in his family. But what I did was use those issues and say, okay, well, he acts this way because of this is what happened in his life. Or let me let me let him slide today because, you know. He's dealt with so much. He doesn't know any better. Or he can't show me love the way that I want to be loved because he never had that example. So the takeaways from this relationship was, and the first and foremost, is that you can't fix no damn body. It is not your job, ladies or guys. It is not your job to fix a grown-ass person. It is not your job to raise a grown-ass person. I also learned that you cannot help someone that does not want to be helped. You can't help a person that doesn't know that they need help or doesn't accept the fact that they're broken and that they need help. You can't help everybody. That is a tough lesson that I absolutely had to learn. I also learned that even though I don't have a physical type, because all the guys I just described or the three loves I just told you about, completely opposite. They look totally different. Personalities totally different. I have dated the rainbow every man under the sun. Um, Yeah, although I don't have a physical type, I seem to have had some type of emotional type. (laughs) 
where I knew that they were not a good fit for me. I knew that they were not necessarily into me like I was into them, but I was with them anyway, right? I had some type of notion of being able to either fix them, to help them, or to make them be with me. That's the type that I had. So let's get into the fourth love. The fourth love I call the real thing. The fourth love is who I'm with now. And y'all know y'all probably tired of me talking about Eric, but you know, whatever. (laughs) That's the love that I am in right now. And I have learned so many things just by being with this man. And I just let me say this. The most important thing that I think that I have learned from him is that love is an action. I never viewed love as a verb or like an adjective, you know what I'm saying? Or even a noun. I always thought that love, like I said, was this tangible idea that nobody could really put your hands on. You can't really pinpoint or explain it. Have you ever talked to someone and asked them, what is love? Just just try that. Just ask someone randomly that you know, just like, hey, what's love? What's your definition of love? People get caught off guard when you ask them and it's like, you know, love. No, I don't know. What is it? It's this feeling you get or it's how somebody makes you feel. That's always, it's always going to be about a feeling. Um, he was the first person that I asked and, you know, I asked a lot of questions. First person that I asked, what is love? Like, what is love to you? And he did not get tripped up. And his answer was not based around some type of emotion or feeling. He basically told me, and he says this himself, if you listen to the podcast of Conversations with the Mister, his idea of love is tangible, right? His idea of love is, is more like energy, energy that's being dispersed and energy that's being received between two people. And that energy is either going to dissipate or the energy is either going to grow. And it'll do one or the other based on actions or lack thereof. And to me, I grasped onto that idea because that was something tangible. That was something that I could measure. That was something that I could wrap my mind around. He was also someone that I was not looking for and not expecting, completely opposite of what I was used to. But because before all of this, before the three guys that I loved before him and even the ones that I didn't, I was used to being the center of attention. I was used to affection being love language, meaning not even them doing something, but them telling me all the time that they loved me or giving me compliments or holding my hand or showing me off to their boys or, you know, work um, friends or taking me out. Those were all things that I rolled into. Oh, this man loves me because he shows me off. This man loves me because he tells me every day. This man loves me because he buys me flowers every day. This man loves me because he goes and buys me and gives me gifts for absolutely no reason. This man loves me because he talks about me and puts me in his rap songs or whatever the case may be. That's what I was used to. So when this boy here comes around and he does none of the above, I am so confused and perplexed. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) This isn't love, but why isn't it love, Leah? You know, 
So you'll have to go back and listen to that podcast because I'm not going to spend an hour talking about what our (laughs) definitions of love is. But I've learned so much from this relationship, not only about love and how to love someone else, but also how to love me. And honestly, that was what made me fall in love with him so much because he made me love myself for he honestly saw me in a different light than I saw myself. I didn't see myself the way that he saw me. And I didn't understand why he saw me the way that he saw me. Because I was like, what are you seeing? Why are you pushing me so hard? Like, why are you trying so hard to, to make me win? To make me, um, like, grow? Why are you pushing me so hard to think differently? Think outside the box? I didn't understand any of this. And all of this is his love language. This is how he shows you that he loves you. Because he believes in you, right? And I've never had anyone to believe in me the way that he believes in me. And that was probably the number one reason (laughs) that I fell in love with this man because he made me fall in love with myself. That shit's deep. Think about it. Okay, let me me get my voice on. He made me fall in love with myself. (laughs) But that's just the truth because... I wanted to be the person and still do. I still strive to be the person, the Leah that he sees. And there's nothing more romantic. There's nothing more satisfying or gratifying to me than to know that I'm the woman that he knew I could be or to strive to be the person that I know he will appreciate and that I know he knew I could be a long time ago, years ago. And that might sound weird and crazy to some of you, but it makes all the sense in the world to me. So let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Love. Our idea of love, what love means to us, develops as we get older. It should not be a stagnant idea or concept. It should continuously grow as we continuously grow, mature, and have relationships. Love is different from person to person. Love is different even with you in different relationships. We can't successfully love someone else and be in a healthy, loving relationship if we don't love ourselves and if we don't know what love means to us like what is your love language how do you receive and accept love and how do you give love these are questions that you should be having with your significant other these are questions that you should answer for yourself before you jump into a relationship and call yourself in love and please learn from me and my mistakes don't stay in unrequited love there, you are too precious and too important and got too much going on for you to stay in a relationship with someone who does not love you. And it's not always that person's fault. When you know if someone loves you or not, you know if someone is feeling you or not, don't stay somewhere because it's comfortable or because you're scared to venture out. Don't stay somewhere because of fake, false promises, um, fake love. Like be, be aware of those things. Remember that you cannot fix someone. You cannot change someone's core morals and who they are at heart. You can't help someone that does not want to be helped. And guess what? You are not at fault if you move on. Sometimes love means 
giving it up. Love very well can mean moving on to the next person and allowing that person to go and find somebody that is better suited for them. You know, one of the different things of or types of love or love that I had that I did not go into, and I can't say that I loved this person because we never got there because we never got a chance to, right? I also talk about this situation sort of kind of in my book, Through the Ashes, where it's a love that could never develop because of family reasons, right? Because of society, because of racism, because of a whole different, <laughs> bunch of different things that never happen. Sometimes you love a person enough to move on with your life and let them move on with their life because you know that it shouldn't be this hard. You know that their life would be easier without you. People ask me, hey, Leah, what is love? And I simply say, Love is giving your heart to someone, expecting nothing in return, and knowing full well you may never get it back or it may be broken. So, to all the boys I loved before, I said love you. I have love for each and every one of you and the experiences that we have had still live with me and make me the person that I am so I wouldn't change them, the good, bad, ugly, or in between, I wouldn't change it for anything because it's made me more knowledgeable. It made me um, stronger. It made me more aware of who I am as a woman, who Leah is, and what my love language is, and what I need from the person that I am in love with. I truly hope that each and every one of you are in a loving and caring relationship. Um, for the most part, I know about all of you, of course, because I'm still with one. So the other three, I know about. One, I don't know what he's doing, the unrequitable love or the unrequited love. Um, I think he's actually in a relationship now. Um, he actually posts and it's like looks happy. And that's the first time I've ever seen him do that, posting with a woman and actually respond to that person. <laughs> so, you know, I'm happy for him. I wish nothing but the best with him. And I will always have a soft spot in my heart for him. Always, 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 always. Um, the second one, the trauma, naive love, whatever you want to say, is married. I know that he's was facing divorce, was split up, um, but they're back together. So, you know, maybe that's his love. Maybe that's the one that's for him. The ex-husband, I don't, Lord help him. <laughs> Y'all don't know what to say about that one, so I'm going to skip over him. See previous podcasts. And the one real thing that I'm in now, the story is yet to be finished.